You two dismantle. All right, yes, episode four. Four. Wow. I would want to say it quattro or uno <laughs> dos. Episode Catorce. So this is a YouTube dismantle. Welcome to our class on YouTubeology with Professor Andy and Cameron. It's <laughs> good. This is where we dig intro deep. to YouTube one hundred and one. Yes, that's right. This is where we dig deep into the meanings of YouTube. Yep, how to dismantle a YouTube song. And this week we're going to handle the album War. Ooh, what is it good for? Absolutely. Oh well, apparently War. What is it good for? Solidifying your. Uh, status as a cultural iconic fan yeah even though even though the album is three good songs and a lot of filler Cameron might disagree with that uh, no i don't think i completely disagree with that uh, the the good the good songs make up for it we'll put it that way the good songs are classics yeah oh absolutely absolutely i mean this is this is the album that really kind of brings you to the forefront i think it really changes the game for them the game has changed not to uh toss aside boy in october they they are good in their their way but they just weren't the thing that made them uh, hugely appealing. I mm-hmm. guess is the uh, after after war boy in October seem a little I don't know outdated. They've yeah. grown. Oh up. no, that absolutely that's what they, I thought. They've grown beyond them. So you want to you want to start off here, Andy? Do we have an, we don't have an article or anything? We're jumping right into the dismantling. Uh, I, do you want to do that? I don't really have anything other than to say that on uh, March 9th of this of uh, this year, it was the 29th anniversary of Akhtung, or I'm sorry of. Uh, Joshua Tree. Oh man, the yeah. Joshua Tree. Whoa, yeah. twenty nine years old. That's the album that really got me into U two, but not in nineteen eighty seven. Well, after it was out, by the way. I'll, I'll be yeah. honest. I, I don't know. I rem- I remember that album cover being like at the mall and everything, like at the music store. Yeah, that. I was too young to care about music then. Absolutely, I remember that as well. Just I remember seeing that album cover. It's very familiar. Yeah, it was huge. And I just remember people being very into it and me having no interest at all, which is complete oh. 180. But yeah, I remember distinctly like no interest at all. Like I don't care anything about this. You know, their songs were and uh, that the way I felt at the time and not the way I feel now. Was, oh yeah, they, familiar songs. I think I might have heard them playing on the radio or the mall or something like that. And, Mm-hmm. It was aware of that, but never really had that passion that kind of broke out sometime later. Yeah, I I didn't really care or notice music that that early yet. So uh, one of the things, uh, I guess we're done with the Joshua Tree, right? Yeah, yeah. That's we're gonna have to dismantle that. one. Yeah, I don't want to get too far into episodes. it either because of that one's gonna have to be like every song its own episode, probably. Not a problem. So one of the things, let's get into war. Let's get into that. Let's uh, get into it. War. What is it good for? It's good for Sunday, Bloody Sunday, yep. New Year's Day, and forty. <laughs> Well, what I like about this and how I think it compares to the previous two albums we dismantled so far is there's just there's a full story here. It's a very realized album, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It's very realized. I will give you that. Whether the quality of the, the music or the songs is debatable, but um, more to the sense that I feel like there's something going on here. There's a much more narrative function to this. I think what we were just talking about, like we weren't old enough then to really appreciate something like this being out i think when this was out it must have been awesome because it it sounds dated to me though and i hate saying that but the refugee and red light they sound like even two hearts beat is one almost they, they sound like just kind of throwaway pop songs and it's kind of unfortunate on a u2 album but i i understand that it must have been awesome in 1980 
three or four or whatever. Steve Lillie White's out. third album, um, re- released on February 28th, 1983, recorded at Windmill Lane, Windmill Lane again, and it was their third album in three years. So imagine that pace. That's a that's a hefty uh, hefty schedule there. It is. It is. It's a that youthful uh, exuberance. I also think it was a time, the era as well. Like you know, that's you just when you had a hit album, you just kept on going with yeah. it back in. That, that that time frame, uh-huh. and they're still proving mm-hmm. themselves. They can't fall off the radar after October, or else they might not have ever come back. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a it's a good point right there. Yeah, so this album really caught the listeners' attention. Again, I was uh, I looked at a uh, Rolling Stone article about it. Don't want to get into the details, but again, Bono is referred to as Bono Vox. So in '83, he was still utilizing that name. Still Bonovans. Yeah, that's how they refer to him uh, on numerous occasions. Um, one of the things uh, the article also notes, and this is what I find interesting, I think we can get into this a little later as we're talking a little more about the album, but it talks about Sunday Bloody Sunday and re- notes that it is apparently addresses the Bloody Sunday on 1972, um, the incident in which British paratroopers killed 13 civilians. I thought it was interesting the word apparently in that sentence, um, and I think we can get into that a little bit as we go along mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I... I think it's probably vague there's a couple bloody sundays in history um another interesting thing is uh there u2 is heavy into the no nukes no nukes cause at this time so i think that might be reflective a little bit into the album some of the lines and some of the other themes that they're dealing with yeah um, definitely on seconds and um drowning man probably a little bit too like a song all those yeah all those kind of deeper cuts have a nuclear anti-nuke feel to him. This is also during the time period in which uh, Bono is getting married to uh, Allie Stewart. Um, so this is Aww. this is a uh, Adam Adam in particular at this time thought he was going to be kicked out of the band, and this is the famous time when uh, Bono actually asked him to be his best man at his wedding, kind of solidifying the relationship a little more. That is so sweet. Album was very successful. This is really what catapults you two to stardom. It was the first album, first number one album in the UK, and it reached number twelve in the US. It, it everything I encounter says that it dethroned Thriller in the U. I double checked that. I was a little. I saw that as well. It actually was dethroned Thriller in the UK on the UK charts. Yeah. Um, Sunday Bloody Sunday. I don't want to get. We can get into this a little bit deeper, but one of the interesting things about this is uh, the constant reframe of Bono saying that this is not a rebel song before a lot of his uh, his concerts and whatnot. Um, I'm sure you're aware of that. One of the he's not, he's not taking a stand either way with the IRA, uh, you know. Right, absolutely, that was part of it. But the other reason was is because you two almost uh, entered the St. Patrick's Day parade in which it was going to be grand marshaled, or um, one of the honorary parade marshals was uh, Bobby Sands, who was part of the Irish Republican Army. He he had been on a hunger strike the year before, and the feeling was that if you two had actually walked in that parade, that they were supporting him. They almost did march in that parade. Whoa. So they, no. at the last minute, they realized what was going on and kind of backed out. So again, this comes back to some of the stuff that you hear later about Sunday Bloody Sunday. Bono talking about it not being a rebel song. No, it's an anti. It's an anti-war song, really, but it's really specific to uh, that Irish, you know, fighting between Northern Ireland and the British. You two always trace the remain kind of bipartisan, kind of not taking a definite political party stand. I mean, there are definitely issues that they that they are pretty clear about, but they don't come out as as, as being uh, follow uh, adhering to any political party or, or agenda of politicians. So that kind of lets them to a fine line. Kind of lets them be as big as they can be too. Well, and that's that's smart on their part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so war. Just to get into the album as a whole a little bit here. It's a lot is said about this album kind of being about what's going on in Northern Ireland and Europe during the time frame. 
Um, and I think that's part of it. I think it's a bigger theme and a bigger kind of anti-conflict, anti-war album. Definitely. It's, when you read a lot of reviews from the time, even the Rolling Stone ones was like, oh, most of this has to do with Northern Ireland and Europe. Again. Yeah, I, that might be an assumption just because that's where they're from. But every song definitely deals with either being an anti-war song or being torn apart and hoping to be reconciled or being a victim of of war like the refugee or surrender or red light like that's it's cohesive it, each song has something to do with the other uh, which um is might maybe a first for them october boy kind of you know you know they they yeah. tried a little harder this time to make each song relate to the other i think well that's one of the things i i thought was very different between october and boy and war is that october and boy deal with concepts and mm-hmm. I feel like these songs relate, and even whether it's intentional or it's maybe it's um, drawing out a little bit, I think we can get into this a little bit. There's like a story, a narrative of some sort. I think there could be various different versions of that narrative that you hear throughout sure. the album, but I think there's a conscious effort to tell some sort of story, some sort of flow. And I think Boy and October are, are, are both very inward. Like, Boy is definitely about feeling... The growing up and and and, and uh, feeling not a child anymore in October is more of a spiritual thing. But this war is very going out like into the community. I think yeah. you talked about that the first our first episode, the Super Bowl episode. Like this is where they first start reaching out to the world. I right. guess. And like you said, there's lots of lots of imagery of war and the results of war, like a separation, humanitarian crisis, um, regret, yeah. regret. There's a lot of regret in here. Yeah, it's a phenomenally different kind of approach to an album compared to what you hear in Boy in October, where I, I think we're getting a general kind of theme and general concepts in those past two albums, but we're not getting this kind of solid story. It's very realized, and that's what I mean by this album being very realized. It's very much telling one kind of story absolutely yeah a couple things is i don't know that we have enough time to just get into sunday bloody sunday quite frankly like an entire full dismantling i think that's Uh, gonna be something that we'll have to get you know that'll be one of one of the additional classes in u2ology exactly i i will say that this will be an overview course this will be a survey course and you're gonna have to wait until we get into the 300 400 classes to really to really get into sunday bloody sunday or new year's day uh skip side b until 40 (laughs) just kidding (laughs) but but to really give sunday bloody sunday the review it deserves you need quite some time there's a lot of different levels i'm actually watching a youtube video uh that ties up the selma bloody sunday imagery with with um Sunday Bloody Sunday and it you know there's no reason that that interpretation can't work there's there's lots of stuff in the song that kind of black and white yeah. entwined and exactly know. yeah um I don't know if if we are honest I mean if if you 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 two fans I'm sure will agree that Sunday Bloody Sunday is one of the songs they want to hear at some point in concert and it's it's one of the big songs so right off the bat we have a huge future U2 classic that's played at every concert yeah i was gonna say i don't think i've been to a concert in which they have not played sunday bloody sunday i can't think of one that i've been to personally and i'm sure there are but i think they did it every every time i saw them it's on par with where the streets have no name and and one and everything it's one of the big big songs so you're starting out with a with a classic yeah very strong very strong start to this, this entire album and it alludes of course the imagery that one naturally especially even at the time probably jumps to is you have irish guys singing about sunday bloody sunday 
naturally they're talking about what happened on June 30th, 1972. Mm-hmm. Um, the civil rights demo in London, Londonderry, which the British soldiers shot 13 civilians. If you look and examine the lyrics, though, I feel like, one, you don't have direct imagery related to that incident. There's a song by uh, John Lennon that I found called Sunday Bloody Sunday, by the way. Huh. Literally goes and describes what happened on that day. I think if you look at the, the lyrics of U2, that's not what they're talking about. I think that they definitely tried to be a little more generic. I don't mean that in a bad way, but just to kind of give you this imagery of all kind of war, all kind yeah. of conflict, all kind all of war Sunday. All bad. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that Sunday Bloody Sunday um, title um, gives that that Easter feel. We get to the end, the real battle to claim the victory Jesus won. And that makes you think of, of Easter and that was a Sunday and you 2 doesn't like to leave you hopeless. So... Yeah, and I think, too, this is kind of a typical thing that you see a lot in U2 songs. And I think, you know, we'll get to a little bit later with uh, Unforgettable Fire next week, hopefully, if this doesn't go into 18 parts. But <laughs> no, but seriously, but like like even songs like Pride in the Name of Love, everybody alert. Well, that's MLK or, you know, about Martha. But there's more to it. There's definitely Jesus references in there as well. And it's much broader kind of you know themes. There's multiple themes in there that you're not that if you look at it just for that one kind of theme, one one thing there's a lot of layers yeah and i think i think uh in the under the under a blood red sky concert he's um i think bono bono says uh, something about the only flag is is the white flag and i i think it's just a call just to look at what you're actually doing with this fighting and look at look at the broken bottles under children's feet and the bodies and everything look at that and think about if that's worth whatever it is, whatever political statement you're trying to make here. Oh, and yeah. I, I think that that's mainly what Sunday Bloody Sunday is after. Like, look at the real human cost of this, of this, and it's not worth it. Yeah, there's a, there's def- a better way to do this. Definitely just a general song condemning conflict, war. Um, many lost, but who has won? The, I love, I love the writing. Bono is is grown a lot here since I fall down. I fall, you fall, we all we, fall we all down. Fall down. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the trenches dug within our hearts. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a that's a classic Just line. Just a lot of great lines. I mean, it's it's definitely about internal struggle, struggle and this kind of hatred among people. Yeah, it really is. I had that. I had this song in my head when uh, when Sandy Hook happened. I, I just kept singing. I can't believe the news today. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think this song applies to a lot more things. You know? Absolutely, and I, I don't think they want to uh, put it in that Northern Ireland conflict. They don't want to put it in that box of you know we're from Ireland and we're going to sing only about Ireland. I don't think they. I think they recognize that and didn't want it to be like that. And, you know, essentially, this is a call to unity. Mm-hmm. Be as one. You know, it's time to kind of shape up and get her act yeah. together and wipe your tears away. Very, very, uh, very deep song. So, seconds. What, what do you got there, Andy? I am disappointed by this song. Okay. I, I get really, you know, you get really into Sunday Bloody Sunday and really pumped, and then this kind of, kind of, it, the, the war gets immediately bogged down. I think by this song, it's, it's, you're, you're way up high, and then it's, I don't know. I think it should follow, be followed by New Year's Day. And she go right into you know. So I, I have a theory of what this album is kind of yeah. the story being told. So I think there's like potentially two different narratives here, okay? And I we can get into what that is, but I can look at this as kind of like the fighter, the soldier, whatever you want to call it, like the first half or even the whole album, and we can get into like where it kind of changes or where it doesn't. But the first half is almost like the call to I don't say war, but the Sunday Bloody Sunday could be the event that radicalizes somebody. Then yeah. you then you go into seconds and what's happening? You're saying goodbye, you're going off you're going off to do that thing to fight like a thief in the night 
see the world by candlelight. That's very much an allusion to kind of fighting, to war, to being a soldier kind of alone out there, you know, moving around. There's a talking about in the apartment of Times Square, you can assemble them anywhere. It's very much mm-hmm. allusions to like terrorism as we would see it. Hell to pay, held, held to ransom, hell to pay, a revolution every day. And then it kind of goes in just developing it that this could happen anywhere, USSR, GDR, London, New York, Peking, yeah. puppets. I think that has to do with the uh, the the, um, the nuclear experimental, like the, these these can happen anywhere. Yeah, so oh yeah. Working on this, yeah. Um, and that, I think now certainly with, with terrorism, you're, oh, you could, it, there's no place where a terrorist attack couldn't happen anymore. And um, so... I feel like after you... Sunday Bloody Sunday, if there's a specific event in mind, the the focus becomes well, that event could happen anywhere. You're talking about this is the well. I mean, I look at it this: if I, I'm sitting back and you're like, what story? If I was writing a book about these uh, different with different chapters, the first chapter would be the event that causes a group or individuals to want to take action. The second event, seconds, is about them starting to take this action, starting to get ready, prepared, saying goodbye, going off to get their revenge or whatever. You know, that kind of thing. I know there's allusions to nuclear you know, nuclear threats, dancing with the atomic bombs, but I think as a general kind of story narrative, that might be where we're going with this. And that's that's an awesome interpretation, and it would work. It, it does work if you follow that narrative um, idea. I just get a little disappointed that it's not just immediately rock, sure. rock, 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 rock. Awesome. Yeah. Like, like most uh, U2 albums are just, you know, the first side just really gets you mm-hmm. in the gut and you're sold on the album before you even flip her over. Sure, yeah. So, Absolutely. And, th- and this one is just, mm, it's a good song. It's not It's not a bad song. Right. But I, it definitely pulls you down. It definitely yeah. slows down immediately, which is kind of unfortunate, I think. Then we're into New Year's Day. Yes. Which, again, classic. (laughs) But. Definitely. And there's a lot of stuff. uh, You know, clearly there was some information that this is about the Polish solidarity movement at the time. But again, again, I see continuation of that narrative, the radicalizing event in Sunday, Bloody Sunday, the kind of going off. And now you're in that place. You're that alone, very alone as you're about to prepare for this kind of conflict. This this war, you're you're away in this distant land that you're unfamiliar with. It's cold, it's distant. You're preparing. So there's a lot of allusions to those kind of things. Leaving your family, stay, leaving things behind, even your loved ones, because you're off trying to do this new thing. Yeah, yeah I I will be with you again. Yeah, works works very well in that interpretation. I I think reconciliation is the big sure. theme of New Year's Day. Well, that was the day there was something and I can't remember the specific thing, but New Year's Day was the day that there was something to do with the Polish uh Polish movement as well that happened on a New Year's Day and I can't remember. Oh, that. really? But um I always thought that it was about like the Old Testament covenants uh the the you know, the Jewish people had such and such covenant with God and they broke it nothing changed and god gave him a new one and just that continual you know over and over again cycle of of falling and reconciling and falling again and uh never god never being done wanting to be with them again i always got that out of new year's day all right like a song are we ready to move on we're ready all right what are you getting on this baby I mean, it's definitely revolutionary in its concept. Yeah, um, I th- I think it's pretty much thematically the same as New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Even despite all those conflicts, it's it's you're trying to renew your spirit again. Yeah. See, I got the impression this is kind of the anti-rebellion, anti-revolution song, very much about inflexible attitudes. Anti-revolution. 
Really? I, I I think it's pretty revolutionary. I I'm gonna disagree with you on there. I uh, it's he's I, I I think the narrator or whoever is is trying to reconcile uh, why he is fighting and trying to justify it to himself and maybe so you got the I got the opposite because he's in, it's at the end angry words won't stop a fight two wrongs don't make it right a new heart is what I need oh God make it bleed is there nothing left very kind of like that bullheaded radicalization that attitude of uh, you know rebellion like revolution like I'm going to go out and take take things out I'm wearing this badge I'm wearing this uniform love of flag love the country but in the end, I get. I guess I. I think it's a revolution, not like as in what the IRA is doing, but right. more like stop, stop all this. So it's just a different kind of. Yeah, I'm thinking more of like the actual kind of like what's going on in the world, kind of uh, yeah, the IRA not, type thing. I don't think there's a single pro pro fighting sure. as in violent song on the on the record or in any. So I, I think he's saying that the revolution needs to be in the hearts of people and that's when real change is going to come i think that's probably what like a song is trying to say sure yeah yeah no no i can see that it's just more of the sense of like going out and fighting for this cause you know make sure you know you're not just wearing that badge that uniform and that you have the the right attitude and you understand that there's more to it than just your side of it that you don't get absolutely entrenched in this inflexible attitude that you might have so it is it's both it's an anti-violent revolution yes absolutely and pro spiritual revolution so won't wear it on my sleeve feels like people it's pretty good that like a song is what i would call good filler so is seconds but again if you're going with this narrative of like the fighter the soldier you're going into this third kind of your narrative idea is holding weight well, it, then this would be the song in which you're getting entrenched in those, uh, the the individual or the person or the group is getting entrenched in those feelings of revolution, hatred, and Bono or the singer is coming out and saying, don't do that. But if you're talking about a story, you, you're getting radicalized, you're going out, um, you're, you're away in this distance about ready to strike or something like that, and then your your attitude is becoming more hardened, your heart's becoming more hardened, and the, yeah. the, the narrator saying... Don't don't do that <laughs> until you become a drowning man, and that that's where potentially drowning man could potentially yeah. be the end of the first story. Or I could see two things here if the story is continues, but it could be the end of the first story of a, about this kind of person involved in this conflict. Drowning clearly feels like death. You know, the song almost feels as a sense of dying in it. You know, like things are going to change, like the kind of imagery of taking their hand as you kind of cross. Yeah, and it's it's Edge singing there in the beginning, which is a U two first. Edge on lead vocals in the beginning. And you can definitely tell it honestly he sounds enough like Bono. If 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 you're not aware that it's Edge, you probably wouldn't even notice. But you definitely can tell when Mr. Fox comes. Yeah, right. Crooning <laughs> in. No, but the, you know, there's a there's definitely this sense of something something's concluding. Take my hand, you know I'll yeah. be there. You can cross the sky for love. This almost sounds like that moment, either somebody drawing you, like kind of imageries of almost like an angel or something pulling you from, you know, into death, like you're dying. Yeah, or, definitely. Or, definitely. And it has that Isaiah uh line, we run and not grow weary. Um, it's, it's a really cool song. It's a really great song. I think the lyrics in it are very fascinating. Yeah. So again, in the narrative, this would be the the place where the person dies, or okay, just just saying the story doesn't change, but it kind of changes perspective a little bit with the refugee drowning man. Could be just the part in which the individual starts seeing that what they're doing is not what they thought it was. That kind of revolution they started at the beginning because of the radicalizing event. Now they're starting to have second thoughts, second feelings about what what they're seeing. 
or it could be with a place where that person, as a result of all that fighting and this chaos, essentially decide or essentially you know dies. Oh, absolutely, uh, so. absolutely. And as that narrator dies, it points you to something like that won't change. Um, very similar to October. The I understand these winds and tides. This change of times won't drag you away. And it's that same kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall, but you go on. Yeah, it's oh, that yeah. same idea. Yeah. So again, we've been pointing this out since Phantom Super Bowl episode one that. In the times of trouble, there's really only one place to look for any sort of hope. And I think I think you two are constantly pointing people to that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Great song. Yeah. And then we're on to The Refugee. How do you feel about The Refugee? <laughs> I don't know. How do you space. feel? You go first. Okay, well, I think if we're telling two stories, this is a story that kicks it off. So it's kind of kind of got that traditional like new narrative, you two fast pace. I'm going to jump right into it. Feel to it. Um, it reminds me of like the clash. Some of those, I, I don't know, kind of influenced by reggae type. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it works. It doesn't sound like a U2 song. If that's what we're saying, at least what we know of U2 now, you know, then it probably was. Well, this is what yeah, I'm sure song. it was fun to play live. Yeah. I'm sure that people, you know, dance to it. Sure, flip, flip the side, flip yeah. the record over and, and dance. But I, I'm not sure it works anymore. I'm not, I'm not sure it holds any water anymore. I, so I'm, I'm assuming ugh. this is where the album would switch sides. Um, you know, yeah, the original vinyl. Yeah, so, this is the beginning of side two. So this would be either in my my mind, this is either the result of this. This is where the individual who was radicalized, who had this, you know, this this soldier, this soldier. I'm gonna say soldier or fighter, whatever, was radicalized. Drowning Man is where they kind of have this change of heart starting to begin. Now they're seeing the results of their their action. These refugees, these these the, the results of this conflict, or it could be literally a change in focus of the narr- narrator, like a new story from the perspective of the the, the refugees or the victims or the people mm-hmm. who have to deal with the violence. Yeah, and th- there's a there's a nice line. He's gonna go to war, but he don't know what for. Something like that. Trying to tie in that theme of uh, of of the effects of war being on the the common folk, while politicians just kind of don't realize what effect it's taken. The the story seems to be somebody watching the refugee too, of course. You know what they're Yeah, well, he's telling telling the story about her. I don't know. It, it it just sounds like they're trying to be the clash and I prefer you two when they're when they're you two. That's usually when they're best, when they're the Yeah. I, I have the actual record here. Yeah. And it it's the beginning of side two and there are no lyrics included for side two. So even they might not might not want you to know. <laughs> How about two hard speed as one? Isn't it Ali? Isn't it going on with uh, the the marriage? Isn't that what it's always associated with? That, well, that's yeah. I think that's the you know the one of the interpretations. But pretty cool song. It's it's the same um, though torn in two. We can be one type idea. Is this more of a kind of a call to unity, especially as yeah. you get later in the song. They beat on black. They beat on right. Beat on everything. Don't get in. Don't get it right. Beat on you. Beat on me. Beat on love. Yeah, it's it's a little. It sounds really uh, uh, poppy, but it is it is a little dark. I mean, it's one of those things like you, if you're not listening to it, you're like, hey, let's play this song for my girlfriend on yeah, exactly. Valentine's Day, and then you're like, wait a second, when, and that's like that's like one as well. I, I mean, again, it, there's definitely that romantic aspect to it, uh-huh. but I don't think it's really meant to be about romantic love. Maybe love of fellow man might be more of a broad kind of interpretation of it. I know it's two heart speed as one. You always think man and a woman are, you know, lovers getting together or whatever, you know, hearts coming uh-huh. together. But 
could it yeah. be more of a call to that's unify and yeah i think i think it's definitely new year's day part two i mean lyrically but it's 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 a good little pop song i'm not sure it deserved to become a single but it did it was it was one of the, it was their second one wasn't it or, yeah yeah second off of of a war which i don't know why you would make that call unless they wanted them to not be seen as so deadly serious all You're the time right yeah that's my only guess as why they would come out with this as the second single unless they needed to downplay how uh intensely oh let's gonna say there's a lot of intense and seriousness in sunday bloody sunday and new year's day and then two hearts beat even though i think it's a much more serious song than most uh people would think you know i think it's a lot more about unit unifying mankind versus unifying two people in romantic love yeah that's where i am with that but yeah i think you nailed it but again this is kind of this goes back the narrative of either the soldier or the individual or the individual refugee depending what story we're telling here if it's if it's that soldier fighter again we're talking about somebody who ha- who's having this kind of breakdown this everything he stood for kind of changed he sees the refugee he starts to understand the result of what he's doing and now they're looking more towards this let's bring everybody together kind of unity I'm more about that at this point in my my life what about red light red light um let me just start out by saying I can't figure this one out at all. Like, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, I struggled with this one for some reason. I'm I'm gonna just say that I think that Red Light is one of very few genuinely annoying U2 songs. Like, I don't, I don't from that beginning. Da, 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 I I don't I I listened to this in preparation for this podcast, and I I, I I'm not sure I listened to it in years. I don't think this is a deep song at all. I think if there's anyone that's really about like romantic love or love, just you know the kind of sappy love song, it's this one. I don't, I can't figure. Out, I give you my love. I give you my love. This seems to be all he says throughout this song. In the heart, in the heart, in the heart of the city, and I give you my love. I don't know. Trying too hard. I don't know. Feels like fillers. Uh, maybe it's like your yeah. story you told the other week. Steve Lillywhite was. Uh, hey, write a song here, quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I can't. Doesn't sound like they spent more than half an hour on, on this song. <laughs> right, right. All right, let's move on to surrender. Let's move on. That's a surrender. What do you got here? Uh, I think it's suicide. Yeah, I, I th- or someone in deep despair. It's definitely despair. I, I don't think it's that dark. I don't. I, I, I think it's about to really live a true life is to die to yourself. Um, I think that that's what they're trying to say here. Um, if I want to live, I gotta die to myself someday. And I. I think that that character is getting to the point where it's either suicide or a new way of living yeah i can see and that. i i think that sadie uh is going to choose surrendering and not suicide i don't okay so yeah i was just trying to figure out if surrender yeah. was referencing suicide like surrender as in surrender you know if that's what she's thinking in her head you know surrender surrender meaning like time for, to let go of life type of things but life has I, I like, to change i think i like the the other interpretation <laughs> kill kill yourself to live yeah a different way okay yeah i like that a lot better so it's more of a call I, again it kind of goes in that kind of optimistic tone of I like it is your, it is a ultimately optimistic but i like that the, o- the only option is is to change yourself if i want to live i gotta die to myself someday yeah all right 40 i think uh you should lead off this you seem very excited to lead off lead off about on this one i think people probably know that this is directly from psalm 40 mm-hmm. um the story goes is that they had this beautiful bass melody um and I, I i think bono must have been a little intimidated by having to come up with that and i think he reached for the bible and mm. that's how the story goes he opened it to happen to be 40 and it worked but 
that might be mythology, but it's always good to have a good mythology behind. Yeah, it, it works very yeah. well. It's it's a perfect psalm for the previous uh, tracks on the album. It, it, it's drown drowning man. It, it 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 definitely relates to drowning man, mm-hmm. like getting pulled out of either the water or in this case the miry clay. Well, it goes back to the theme that you've been talking about the entire time, especially with the Super Bowl. You know, where's your where where you got to where do you have to look? Only only place is is going to come from above. I I always thought it was beautiful that refrain of how long to sing this song is the is the exact line from Sunday Bloody Sunday. It's a bookend, but it's a different, I don't know, it's almost a different. Well, it's it's the same line. It's in some ways the same emotion behind it. How long do we have to sure. keep singing this song of of stop fighting, of stop this and stop that? And then he's directing that, how long to sing this song to God, saying, how long are you going to allow us to keep doing this before you intervene here? And it's, it's, it's beautiful how that begins and ends on that, how long to sing this song, because it's, right. it's uh, kind of two different places, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely in two different places. Yeah, uh, yeah it's very powerful for uh, how... Sh- like uh, I don't want to say short it is, but for I think it's the, is it the shortest song on the album? Um, it's like a minute and a half long. Yeah, yeah. It's just two uh, yeah. on the back of my. It's like CD two minutes long. I mean, this song um, became quite an animal live. This is um, it closed all the shows from War yeah. on to probably Zoo TV. I think they stopped doing it in Zoo TV, but it would it used mm-hmm. to be the the typical shows closer. They're going out just calling and say, "Hey, this is this is very difficult, but I'm still going to wait on yeah. the Lord." So they're they're being faithful, of course, because this is a Psalm of David. But at the same time, they're they they know there's a lot going on around them, and it's it's difficult difficult to for them to wait, but they are going to wait. Yep, it's beautiful. So do you want to kind of uh you, you know some summarize the entire War album? I do. War is mandatory you two is one you have to own it's uh well you have to own them all Come you on. have to own them all but this is one that you have to get pretty early on to kind yeah. of get the get get them i guess unfortunately there's a couple songs where they feel like they're trying a little too hard to sound like other bands where they should really be sounding like you two but just for the sheer classicness of of sunday and new year's day and 40 and a couple hints here and there along the way it's just mandatory staple in 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 any record collection i don't know it's 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 a it's a great album i never particularly warmed to it that's my that's my error. That's my fault. <laughs> it's not the fault of war. Fix, fix yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, what I liked what I liked about war is you know again when I started to really enjoy U two and started to really become a U two fan, it was one of those where oh they they sang those songs mm-hmm. like I had been aware that they existed like those are U two songs that would, yeah. that was for me and probably part of it because of my age and whatnot. But when I heard that, I was like oh wow that's U two man. That, Every time I turn around, they got something new or something very cool that I didn't know, especially New Year's Day and Sunday Bloody Sunday. You know, I heard them yeah. playing those, on the radio. Are, and... th- these these songs are <laughs> concert staples now. I mean, these are yeah. these are songs that people want to hear at some point when they you know mm-hmm. see you too. They, these are songs that they're they're going for. I still have yet to hear Forty live. I'm hoping that I will someday, but I still have not. Oh, it'll well. be something for you to put it on your bucket list. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a very, I think that this is where we start to see the, I don't want to say musicality, but this concept of U2 theming their albums in a more 
cohesive yeah, narrative better manner. it's better writing it's more cohesive it's more yeah. realized um i mean even the musicality is a little better this time mm-hmm. i think you know, yeah. they're just getting better they're developing there's that slow growth and um uh, you know it's very some very general themes of unity and avoiding conflict and you know kind of anti-nuke stuff uh, so, you know, but it's you know themes who doesn't want to stop war I think it's a very neat. I think there's a definitely a story being told here. How you interpret that story, I think that's up to the actual individual. I think it's much more though than just concepts put together. I, I think that they try pretty deliberately to make their uh, make this one a, a fully realized album. I think probably as the result of October not really being solid. I, I think there's a conscious effort to make war really cohesive and really sounding good together. Um, which is interesting because I think October has more more good songs on it they sound a little different here to mm-hmm. me bono sounds a little different singing sounds a little different yeah and a lot of songs a lot of a lot of the uh playful rawness of boy in october is gone mm-hmm. and never to yeah. return true i mean just the way it was recorded even sounds different yes I don't, like the sound quality or something sound is quality is better it's more polished it, it's not as jar like the transitions aren't as jarring well they had a little more time all right, I I I really like War as just like this emerging of U two. Like we had them in the uh, you know the early childhood phase, and now I feel they're becoming much more you know they're out of the boy phase. There, this is yes, yeah, te- late teen years, I guess. Yeah, this this now they, I think they're in their early twenties here. Early twenties, okay, I can go with that. Um, okay, I can go with that. <laughs> You're good with that. I'm good with that. They're they're definitely trying hard this time well they're developing their craft some, yeah developing their craft some some works and some some don't but overall war as a whole works it definitely has a greater than the sum of its parts feel to it which october did not yeah i, I feel like this feels it feels like youtube it feels like primitive youtube or infancy mm-hmm. youtube if that makes sense it's just really well directed youthful passion so steve lily white thank you yes for being absolutely. there <laughs> good job steve yeah <laughs> steve, all boy. right i think that about concludes things for today that's it all right and remember once we get into three or four hundred level we'll dismantle these a little some of these songs a little deeper yeah line by line right. uh, like right. with a fine tooth comb oh yeah absolutely i can't wait for that right <laughs> but so yeah. you've heard our analysis these for are the, like this. the pro how do you say that prerequisites it's your orientation prerequisite classes <laughs> orientation. Yeah. there you introduction go introduction to you too there you go <laughs> And U2-ology. War. U2-war. Anyways, if you'd like to challenge the professor... I also want to tell every listener at home that I sat with my hands on the back of my head, just like the boy on the cover, for for most of the recording. (laughs) You did, actually. If that adds anything to your appreciation of this podcast, which I'm hoping Um, it does. Anyways, if you would like to uh, challenge the professors, or you have your own interpretations or ideas about what's going on in war, please please email us. Yes. Info at u2dismantled.com. We'd love to hear from you. As well as we have the website, u2dismantled.com, so check it out. We also have the Twitter and Facebook, so, you know, we're getting very uh, very sophisticated. Yeah, this is sophisticated. Look for us again next week. Uh, I think we're going to talk about what we're going to do next week. but uh, That's going to be off off pod. That's right, off pod. So off we'll pod. see you next week. Oh, whoa, whoa. And... episode four. What are we calling this one? War, what is it good for? Episode four. <laughs> I can't think. I don't think War, A New Hope works. So War, A New a new War. War, what is it good for? Very good. All right. I don't know. War, what is it good that for? That works. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week, hopefully. And we look forward to hearing from you as well. Signing off. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.